jump over to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Amen. 1 John chapter 1. We're keeping fellowship with God. That's the title of the lesson. Thank you, sir. 1 John chapter 1. Verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we want to keep fellowship with God, if we want to get to a point in our lives where we recognize that fellowship can be broken because we have something on our hearts. We have something in our mind. And we understand that without it coming forward, without it being out on the table, without it being cleaned up, we've broken our fellowship. Does that make sense? If you are carrying a burden... That open line of communication is broken. And I asked us, in order for this thing called fellowship to occur, what does it look like? You said, well, there's got to be some time involved. There's got to be some connection involved. There's got to be an open line of communication. There's supposed to be some honesty. There's supposed to be some trust. There's supposed to be, I wouldn't say some, I'd say a lot of. And a lot of love. For you to have a good relationship. A good fellowship. And we asked ourselves, how are we to handle this thing called confession? Because what we had asked ourselves was, what does it mean as far as having fellowship, a relationship to this biblical confession? And we said, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. What does that mean? It's just what I said. If you have something that's burdening you, if there's something that you are holding dear to, if there's something that has encompassed your heart, and if I regard iniquity in my heart, meaning if I've got that sin going on, that's debilitating me, that's holding me back. If I'm holding on to it, the Bible says, if I regard it, if I hold on to it, the Lord's not going to hear me. That's what it says. Then the Bible says, 1 John 1, 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. You know those people. They walk around. They say, oh, God is with me. Oh, I know the Lord so well. Oh, he's in my corner. But they walk in darkness and they lie and do not the truth. Although once we're saved, you can never lose your salvation. It's the sin in your life that can cause you to lose the joy of your salvation. If you're holding that sin and, and it's bringing you down and it continues to control you, but you say you have fellowship with him and walk in that darkness, you're lying and not the truth. And you're losing the joy of your salvation. So we talked about how you're supposed to handle this confession. If you want to have true fellowship with God. The question was, when 
are you supposed to do it? We said all the time. I asked you a couple things. What are you cleaning all the time? You said you clean up the kitchen. You said you clean up the laundry. You said you clean up the bathroom. You said you clean up the floors. And you said you clean your pets. You said you clean your windows. You're saying, I'm cleaning these all the time. And I asked us, when are you cleaning your heart? The Bible's saying all the time. That's when you're supposed to do it. I asked you this, I asked you, well, which sins are you supposed to confess? Which sins are you supposed to get off your heart? Which sins are you supposed to get off your mind? Which sins are you supposed to get out of your life? And I said, why don't you rank order your sins and tell me which one's more important than the other? Tell me which one is the worst ones, the bad ones versus the little white ones. And somebody was wise enough to say, well, it's all the above. They're all important. Which ones are you supposed to get off your heart? Which one are you supposed to get off your minds? Which one are you supposed to get out of your life? Which one are you supposed to come to say, God, please forgive me. I know I continue to do this thing. And it's supposed to be every single one of them. And too often, we try to put them in a batting order. And we finished last week with James 2, 10, 11. If we're guilty of one sin, we're guilty of all. Listen to it. For whosoever shall keep the whole law. And yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if thou committeth no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. Basically, it's saying, hey, look, you can't rank order and you can't say, well, I'll just put this one to the side. I'm good when it comes to these. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. Well, I do that. And that's okay. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that you're to confess every sin. Don't develop the habit of rationalizing, categorizing, or excusing sin. Sin is sin, big or small, no matter what the offense or whom it involves. You're here to confess all the time, every sin. And now we're at letter C, any blank, any place. It doesn't matter where you are spiritually or physically. You can confess your sins in whatever spiritual state you're in. Let's jump back over to Luke chapter 15. Oh, we've read this many times. We know this story. We understand the prodigal son. Chapter 15, Luke, beginning in verse 15. The Bible says, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields of, to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bred, have bred enough and despair, and I perish with hunger. Well, you'd be hungry too if you're sitting there eating some corn husks. Verse 18. I will arise and, and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy 
to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father what? His father saw him and had compassion on him. Ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be what? Mary. The sins of the prodigal son brought him to a shameful state in that pig pen. By this point, he had broken his father's heart. He ignored his father's wisdom and he rejected the father's will. But it still wasn't too late for him. After he had done all these sins, he realized how wrong he had been, and his father joyfully welcomed him home. Now here, I'm going to ask us a question. We're going to take a little survey. How many of you all think that this, what I just read in Luke 15, how many of you think that that story is a picture of salvation? How many of you think it's a salvation story? Anybody? Some people do. Because we recognize that it wasn't. That story of the prodigal son is not a salvation story. The son was already a child of to his loving father. He was restoring fellowship, not receiving salvation. You hear the difference? Just like I said, you came to the cross. You said, I am a sinner. There's only one that can save me but you're still going to sin. You're still going to break fellowship between you and God. And the only way of the restoration that's going to occur is when you say, Father, I forgive me. Just like the son did. Verse 21, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. Oh, how many of you get into that? You think that you've done something that is going to forever remove you from the fellowship of God. You think there's no way I can ever get forgiven of that sin. Now, again, I'm trying to make sure we understand. I'm not talking about losing the salvation. I'm talking about the joy of your salvation. You have lost that fellowship with God because something is in your life that has allowed you to go into the pig pen. Just like the prodigal son. Here's an illustration. For those of you with children, think about this. No matter what your children decide to do, they are still your what? Children. Regardless of where they go, regardless of what they do, regardless of the pig pen they find themselves, they are still your flesh and blood. They are still your heritage. They are still yours. Isn't that what was happening with the prodigal son? Regardless of what he did, regardless of the, the choices that he made, it did not stop that fact that he was the son to the father. And when he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, no more worthy to be called thy son, what did the father do? 
He said, bring the rope. Put it on. Bring him a ring. Put it on his hand. Put shoes on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. Let us eat and be merry. And that is what God is saying to you when you get that confession, when you get it out of your life, when you say and recognize that sin that's causing the disparity, that's causing the division, that's causing you to be. God is sitting right here and say, come to me. And it's you in your own heart and your own mind that's saying, oh, he won't take me back. If your children were to disobey every instruction you gave them, they would still be your what? Children. But if your children showed nothing but disrespect and disobedience, your heart would be broken. Although they would still be your children, your relationship with them would be hurt because of their wrong actions. Any loving father, though, should be willing to forgive when his children ask for forgiveness. All living, loving parents should want to see any broken relationship with their children restored. So God our Father wants the restoration. Wants us to come back to him. And he's going to do it with what? Open arms. And he's going to receive us unto himself. Even when we've wandered far into the pig pen of sin, our loving heavenly father is still ready with open arms to accept us home when we ask for forgiveness. No matter how far we've wandered away spiritually, we are just that 1 John 1 verse 9. Say it again so we don't forget it. And the Bible says what? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's how far away the fellowship. That's how, that's how far away you are to restoring it and bringing it back to what it was. Is the confession. You can also confess your sins wherever you are physically, not just spiritually. You don't have to wait until you're at the church altar to get your heart right with God. You can do it in your car. You can do it at your home. You can do it at your job. You can do it wherever you need to do it. God is not limited to where he can meet you. The restored joy of your salvation is merely a prayer of confession away. Oh, if you've gone away, if you've ended up in that pig pen, the confession all the time every sin any place get it handle it that way to restore the relationship that was number one now we go on number two so we just talked about the handling of confession and now we're going to talk about the blank of confession this one ought to be fun Ah, this one ought to be fun. I'm expecting great things from Jack. Okay, ready, Jack? <laughs> this will be fun. Ready? Using the word heart. Come up with the blank. Let me, let me help you start. Let me get you started so you understand where I'm going with this. You know somebody that has a big heart. Does that make sense? You know of something like the blank of the matter, the heart of the matter. Does that make sense? Everybody know where I'm going with this? These cliches, these sayings. Go ahead, try one. Broken. 
All right, keep going. Not just you, somebody else. What do you got? Loving. loving. Can I put loving? Is that okay? Instead of loving. Loving heart. Okay, next. What is it? Gave his heart. Gave his heart. Ooh, I didn't have that one. Thank you. I did not have. Gave his heart. Okay, next. Wicked. Wicked. Yeah, keep going. Huh? Hard. Yeah, hard-hearted. I forgot about that one. I don't know if I had that one. Hard. Yeah, next. Ooh, heart of gold. Yeah, blank of gold. What is it? Cold. Are you speaking that out of? Never mind. Cold hearted. The heart of a fighter. Ooh. Heart of a fighter. I like that one. Yeah. Next. Ooh, soft. What else did you say? Follow your. So I'll do soft and follow your. That's good. What is it? Heavy. Ooh, that's a good one. I didn't have that one. Heavy hearted. Wow. That's good. Stone cold. Oh, wait, he's got cold. You want to go stone cold. Woo! Hey, Willie, you just got one upped it there, brother. How's that make you feel? Heavy-hearted? Okay, sorry. Is it too soon? Too soon. I heard, Bob, you had one. Contrite heart. Ooh, wow. Wow. That's good. Contrite heart. What is it? Ten. Woo! Woo! I'm close to that speaker. That's making me. That's making, that's, that, wow. But is that better? You, you like you like that sound better? We were just talking about how it was. Is it? It's gone now. Am I? Am I? Am I on? I'm on. I'm on. Woo! I missed that last one. What was it? That threw me off. Tender. We don't have tender. We don't have tender hearted yet. I had soft, but not tender. Okay. Tender hearted. Let me see what I had. Hang on. I said big, big heart. After my own heart of gold, I had all heart. Heart of stone. I had that one. Bleeding. Cross my. Heart of the matter. Faint hearted. Uh, young at heart's desire. Better? Bitter. I was going to say, I don't think it's bitter, better. Bitter hearted. Wow. Pride. Man, I mean, do you. Do you oh, divided. I thought you said pride, but I'll take divided. What is it? Brave, Brave heart. <laughs> really? Really? You went there? That's good. You like that movie? Huh? No. I'm writing it down because it's a good one. Right. Brave... 
the blank of confession. The heart of confession. The heart of 1 John 1, 9 is fellowship with your heavenly Father. This is evidenced through the context of the whole passage. Listen to it again. 1 John 1, beginning verse 3. That which you have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him. And declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The heart of confession is right there. It's the fellowship. God knows that our sin nature will at, will at times prevail and we will sin against him. He knows that. That's why he's given us this passage when we sin against God, his desire is to restore us back into a right standing relationship. And if we get to a point that we say we have overcome sin in our lives, oh, you are lying. You're deceiving yourself. You think that you have victory over that sin. That's a lie. You have a sin nature that causes you to lure you back into that pig pen. You are forever in a struggle and a battle. You are going to sin against God. It's going to happen. You will sin. Do not deceive yourself and think that you're going to. Otherwise, the Bible says you are a liar if you think that you're able to have victory. But wait a second. When it happens, the Bible says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us your sins. It's not a matter of if you're going to sin. It's a matter of when you're going to sin. Then the question is, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to continue to be lured into it? Are you going to continue to be defeated by it? Are you going to continue to fall into that pig pen and continue to eat the corn husk? Or are you going to say, God, I know what I've done and I confess what I've done. I want the relationship restored. And he receives you with open arms. Because why? He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we sin against God, his desire is to restore us back into a right standing relationship. And if we get to a point that we say we have overcome it, we're deceiving ourselves. Though the heart of this verse is the restoration of the relationship, our confession must include genuine repentance if our relationship will be made whole. Be made whole. So the word I'm going to put up, and then we'll close with this thought. Have you ever gone, I don't know, let's say car shopping? Anybody gone car shopping before? Huh? Y'all gone car shopping? Okay. <laughs> when that car salesman comes up, 
What's he wanting to do? Wants to what? Sell your car. He tells you about that car over there in the parking lot. Now, he knows some stuff about it. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he knows who gave it to him. And that person that gave it to him said, hey, man, this is a lemon. But when you show up to buy that lemon, what's he tell you? Oh, this is an apple. This is an orange. This is peach. This is the best thing on the parking lot. This is the best thing I got. Is he genuine? <laughs> I'm going to ask this question. Genuine. I put that word up there and I ask myself this question. What do genuine people look like? What do genuine, genuine people sound like? What do, they, what do they present? What do they offer? What, what are, in your interaction with them, what do you see when you hear the word genuine? And what's the first thought that comes to your mind and you say what? Truth. They're genuine. They're dependable. Ooh, I heard that. I had the other one. I had that one, and I had the other one. They're real. They're just fat. They're just real. What else? Mm, I had that one. They're kind. Next. Doing good. They're genuine. They're transparent. I had that one. Thank you. Thank you. All right, next. They're a friend. Keep going. Facial. Okay. They're genuine. They're real. What? What do you think about them? Knowledge. Go with that one. I have a couple more. Anybody else? They're genuine. Yeah, I mean, honesty, integrity, right? Humble. Humble. I had that one, thank you. Humble. They're not hiding, they're humble, they're knowledgeable, they, they have expression, they're, they're transparent, they're, they're real about themselves, they're honest, they're trustworthy, they're... Hmm. I had something like that. They're caring... I have one. They're vulnerable. Aren't they? It's along the lines of transparent. They put themselves out there. You know what else they do? They're good listeners. They listen well. They really care about what you're saying. Let me ask this question. You all figured out what genuine people look like. You all know what it looks like. <laughs> Just for a moment. Almighty God is sitting right there in that chair. Do you think he can figure out if you're genuine or not? Do you think he can look at your heart and say, are you really coming to me with a genuine heart, a real heart? Are you really telling me the truth? Are you really being transparent? Are you really coming to me not hiding anything? Are you really coming to me with humility? 
Though the heart of this verse is the restoration of the relationship, our confession must include genuine repentance if our relationship will be made whole. You all can figure out what genuine looks like. Why would you think God couldn't? We don't have time, but I just want you to see and hear letter A, and we'll get to it next, next week. But the letter A is there's a blank confession that hinders the relationship. And think about this for this week. A false confession will hinder the relationship. It will hinder this fellowship. 1 John 1, 9 teaches how our relationship with Christ can be restored. It does not guarantee that we will escape the consequences of our sins. And when we come back, we're going to see in Samuel how Saul committed this sin of partial obedience and pride. I'm going to leave us with this thought. We're supposed to confess all the time. We're to confess every sin. We're to do it any place, anywhere, anytime. But when it comes to the heart of the matter, are you genuinely with genuine repentance coming to God and saying, God, I have sinned. I have failed you. Would you please forgive me? That sin that keeps luring me back into that pig pen, I want to confess it. I want to get victory over it. Would you please show me, help me, guide me, direct me to get victory over this? I keep feeling like I'm taking two steps forward and three steps back. Oh, would you please come into my life and help me get victory over this? And he'll know instantly if you're being genuine. He'll know instantly if you're being truthful. He'll know instantly if you're saying it with a real heart that you really want victory over. We'll go to the Word of Prayer. Let's go to the Lord of Prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you again. Thankful for this day. We're just thankful for your truth. We're thankful for your Word. We're thankful for this, uh, what you tell us, that if we confess our sins and we do it with that genuine heart, that you will forgive us. Lord, I pray that you help each and every one of us. Just continue to guide us and direct us and just uh, give us the victory over these things, Lord. But don't let us just sit there and hold on to them and, and continue getting to the muck and mire. But instead, allow us to be genuine. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen.